0: And awesome? And we have the opportunity to worship. But I just have to tell you something that just happened to me. You're gonna, I'm going to introduce to you uh, a gentleman who's uh, been serving in another country with the Alliance for the last few years. And we take for granted that we get to do this every Sunday morning, right? We, we, we get to praise the Lord in English. And, and Dave, who I'm going to talk to you about, was blown away by that. I mean, tears streaming down his face said, it's just so amazing to be able to worship in English. So let's not take that for granted every week when we're here. But let's worship with gusto, uh, with all we have. Uh, my name is Bob Thomas, uh, and, and I've got several things, all these pieces of paper, and i have got to talk about every one of them. But the reason I have to is because they're important, and I want you to know about what's happening here at Community Alliance Church. So this is all in your bulletin, so if you have a bulletin, you can bring that out, you can, you can follow along. But I want to let you know that this green sheet talks about Um, something that's going to happen for the group Elevate in our church. It's it's the young adult ministry, college students. If you're in your 20s, there's going to be this Tuesday a special meeting, and they're going to talk about, not a special meeting, a a seminar, if you will. They're going to talk about finances. They're going to give you very important information about budgeting and and why it's important to plan. And, man, if I had known this stuff when I was in my 20s, it would have changed my life. So I want you to go so that it can change yours now. Learn those lessons now, and this is a great opportunity Uh, to do that. Also want to let you know that tonight, in this place, we're going to have more opportunity to worship. We're made to worship, so let's come here tonight and do it at 7 o'clock. We'll have lots of, of music and worship just like we had this morning, but love to have you here this evening, so come on back, please. Also want you to know this yellow sheet talks about the ministries that are going on this summer. There's men's and women's Bible studies. There's Sunday school classes. and It'll tell you uh, that information on this piece of paper. So please look at it. Love to have you in Sunday school. Love to have you uh, in a Bible study. Very important. Another thing that's a great opportunity this summer is Vacation Bible School. And uh, many of you know that's coming. We've been talking about it. I want to let you know that today you can pre-register in the lobby. If you go that direction towards the the, uh, children's ministry area, you'll be able to register your child. Love to have you come for that. Love to have you invite your neighbor's children to come and be a part of that VBS experience. That's this month, the 24th to the 28th. So please don't miss out on that opportunity. I also want to let you know that uh, many of you already do. We're part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance, right? And, and you know that one of the main core values of the Alliance is that people are lost and they need to be found. And because of that, the Alliance has been sending missionaries that we now call international workers around the world for many years, for, for uh, over a hundred years. And, and this Sunday, we have in your bulletin a flower that looks like this. It's Great Commission Sunday. And, and what we want you to do is we want to take this home. We want you to look at it, read it, and then we want you to bring this back next week. This is a special offering that you can, that you can give. You can bring this envelope back next week. It's a, there's a tear-off, perfectly designed, for you to bring it back next week and put it in the offering plate. And, and there's some options there that you can decide whether to, I'm going to put it in the offering plate or I'm going to do it some other way. All the money, the Smart Great Commission Fund that you put in the offering plate goes directly to the Alliance National Office. And uh, we want you to know that. We'd love you to, to be a part of that. So check this out, please. It'll tell you a little bit more about what the Alliance is about. It'll give you opportunity to make a commitment to give or to just give a special offering not only are we a part of the Christian Missionary Alliance and we support the Great Commission Fund, which keeps those international workers uh, around the world, we have special partnerships, as you know, with some of those international workers. How many remember Evan Evans, who was here just a little while ago and spoke? Okay, I was going to say three of you like Danny always does, but more than three, which is good. He's one of those partners. He and Jewel, we partner with. They're in Senegal. And uh, I want to let you know that if you go out any of these doors and turn left and keep going just before you come to the water fountains. There's a, there's a monitor on the wall out there and there's a little desk out there. And, and what we've done is we've created a, uh, an ongoing slideshow it will be up every week that, that talks about, that, that shows you a little bit about our partnership, talks about the alliance, who we are, and, and specifically gives you some pictures and some information about our partners, our partner uh, missionaries, our partner international workers. So take some time And go down there and and, and check it out. It'll run uh, repeatedly. We're going to keep adding things to it. So if you've seen it once, don't think you've seen it, go back and check it out again. We're going to keep adding things to that. So I invite you to do that even this morning. Remember that we put the flags up several, now a few months ago, and this is the next step in trying to keep you informed about our partner relationships that we have around the world. And one of those partner relationships, uh, one of those people that we're in partnership with is here uh, this morning. Uh, Dave and Deb Featherland are a couple that is serving in the country that is a creative access country. And so you all may remember we had a a talk about that one morning. And so they're serving in the country that the Alliance refers to and we refer to as Green Mountains. Everybody know where that is? Remember? Everybody's nodding. Well, most people are nodding. Okay, so if you, if you hear Green Mountains, uh, you'll know what Dave is talking about. So please welcome Dave Featherland.
1: Good morning, friends. It is really a treat for me to be here. Justin and his team reduced me to tears earlier, but I have composed myself. I've got it all together and uh, ready to stand and share with you about a place that has become very special to me and to my family. It's an honor to be here representing the team that lives and works in the former Soviet Republic of uh, Green Mountains. It's an honor because we are blessed by this church. We have been so encouraged and uplifted by this body. I had no idea before my family moved overseas what it meant to be in partnership, what it meant to have a church that stood behind you. And now I know firsthand what it means, and so I represent my team this morning, and I say thank you. This church has been such a blessing to us as we've moved through the first two years of our ministry in Green Mountains. So thank you. I stand here today on behalf of them and say we could not be there without churches like this one supporting us and praying for us, uplifting us. We feel very far away many times, but we have a connection with you, and that means a lot. Thank you for being in our corner. We have felt that in a variety of ways. And so on behalf of my team, I want to bring you words of thanks. I also want to uh, share with you a little bit about my family. My wife, Deb, uh, wishes so much that she could be here this morning, and I wish that you could meet her and our two boys. Uh, Samuel is on the left. He's just about five years old. Titus is on the right. He just turned three. And uh, the Lord was very gracious to us right at the end of our language study. uh, We have a baby due, and so we got to take a summer vacation and come back to the States and get some quality medical care for our little girl who's going to be born in July. And so we're so excited that as a family, uh, we have been able to go to Green Mountains. I believe that God doesn't just call moms and dads, but that he calls whole families. And our two little boys with bright red hair have stood out in a country with a sea of dark-haired people. And God has used them in amazing ways to open doors for us. And we are so glad that they are part of this journey with us. We hope that over the years, they will develop really soft hearts for the Lord even though they are never going to be fully American kids or fully Green Mountains kids. They're going to be somewhere in the middle. We're praying that God grabs hold of their hearts and that they will learn to love him. We don't want to go far away to share with people about Jesus and have our boys miss the message. And so I want you to see this picture, and I invite you to pray for our boys, that they would learn to love Jesus. We've seen in this culture of broken families and broken marriages, That being a loving family is a massive message of hope to people. It stands out. And so I'm glad to be here representing not only my team, but also my family. They send warm greetings from Colorado, where they are this morning. This morning, I, I have two goals that I would like to accomplish in our brief time together. One, I want to share with you a little bit about where we've been and what we've been doing. And two, I want to tell you about where we dream about going in the future. I want to bring you with me to a couple of important places in our country that will give you a glimpse of the people and the culture. And my hope in all of that is that your heart would be stirred for the people and the place of Green Mountains. Many folks, as we've come back, have asked us, what did these past couple of years look like for you and for your family? And I was able to just sum it up for them very briefly by saying Nana's table. Nana is a wonderful woman. Uh, If you look at the picture there, you see a very handsome man on the left, a very beautiful woman in the middle, and a lovely lady named Nana on the right. Nana is our language teacher. And for the past two years, uh, I would like to tell you that we joyfully went every day. I'm not going to lie, though. We persevered. We went every day, five days a week, and we sat in Nana's dining room and we got to spend time with her more than any other person that is a native of Green Mountains we got to know and love Nana she's the one who shared with us uh, her language she warmly welcomed us into her home she introduced us to her family to her grandkids and little by little we built a relationship with her and you know what the best part is is that God is drawing Nana to himself. And what a privilege we've had of being able to connect with her, to share relationship with her. Right before we left, a week before we left, she asked us to write out in her language what we know to be true about Jesus. Can you imagine that? This is a woman who has lived a history book worth of stories. When the Soviet Union fell apart in the early 90s, her country was left in absolute despair. No infrastructure, no gas for heat, no electric, police force that was very corrupt. The country was basically run by outlaws. And you hear the stories about people who stood all night in line for a loaf of bread. That was Nana. You hear stories about uh, people from the Soviet Union and how they were... Uh, Taught, they were brainwashed to hate Americans. That was Nana. And how ironic. The Lord has a sense of humor, doesn't he, that now two Americans sit at Nana's table and get to share with her the good news of Jesus. People who she was trained to believe are enemies are now bringing her the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Would you pray? Would you pray for people like Nana They have a lot of years of history of being told that there is no God, and it is a difficult turn for them to make. But we believe that Nana is being drawn to the Lord, and we're so grateful for the opportunity to meet her. So that's what we've been doing. For two years, we've been learning this language. We have uh, been working hard to catch what is a very difficult language. I wanted to take you for a little test drive this morning just to impress you. I want you to be able to see the, the uh, letters on the, on the alphabet and the English equivalent next to them. Those are the first 11 letters of what is a 33-letter alphabet. And then I decided to put the two most difficult words up there. Our language has very formidable consonant clusters is the comfortable linguist way of saying it. But let's say I had uh, some vegetables that were sitting on the table, and you wanted to tell me, Hey, Dave, you peel those. Well, you would look at me, and and with a smile on your face, you'd say, And then I would go peel the potatoes. These people do not enjoy a lot of vowels in their words, G, V, P, R, T, S, K, V, N, I, at the end, just for good measure. And so the language has been a, a real challenge, but I will tell you this. Just as I was sitting down here worshiping in English this morning and felt very moved, there's something powerful that happens when you speak and sing of Jesus in your heart language. And so we have seen the way that language has opened doors into people's hearts. And we've been amazed when they look at us and they address us first in Russian because they assume that all outsiders speak Russian. And we answer them back in their heart language. A smile goes up on their face and they are so excited to see that we have invested ourselves in this people and in this culture. We're so glad that the CMA gives missionaries time to work on learning the language, because it will pay great dividends down the road. I would ask you to continue to pray. Our teammates are in the final couple months of language study, and it is a real marathon. Would you pray for them, that they would finish strong, and that Now that we have an elementary understanding of the language, we would continue to push forward and that we would be able to really polish and speak at heart levels with people. The CMA has chosen to invest in this difficult language because this is a very strategic location. You see a satellite view there on the left. Our country is located on a land bridge between Europe and Asia. It is a piece of land that has long been fought over. Mongols from the east and Turks from the west and Russians from the north, Persians from the south. Every country from every direction has invaded this at one point. It's part of the historic Silk Road. And you can see the little highlighted country there on top is ours. And you can see who we are surrounded by. And so you will notice that uh, this is a very strategic crossroads We see how people from many different countries have come into our country for inexpensive education, for a chance at uh, greater levels of human rights. You'll see that the freedom that's been offered to people has drawn people from all around. And so we look at that and we say, God, you are literally bringing the nations to us here in Green Mountains. And so we are excited that the CMA has chosen to invest there. I want to show you a a quick glimpse of our city. It is a beautiful capital city where we live. 1.5 million people founded in the 5th century. You talk about having history here in the States. We go back 200 years. These folks go back 15, 17, 1800 years. It's amazing when you look at the history. An old fortress from the 4th century sits on top of a big hill in our city. And as you explore, you see layer upon layer upon layer of history and culture and people groups that have come in and invaded. It is an amazing city full of life. Cranes are busy day and night with new modern European construction, and you still have the old Russian block apartment buildings. In fact, let me show you a picture of our neighborhood. We live in one just like that. Uh, We live in the big red apartment building right in the middle on the third floor. And our neighborhood has been an amazing place for us. We were told when we went that we should establish a little circle of influence. And so we met our bread ladies and our corner store owner and the pharmacy lady. And every day we would walk and we would practice our new language, our new jokes, our new verbs. And we've built some really fun relationships with people in that neighborhood. As a result of that, people have asked us to be part of their lives, teach their kids English, help them with different things, and it's amazing how we have built relationships in that neighborhood. We're very excited to go back in September once our our little girl gets a birth certificate and a passport. We head back that direction. Now that we have zoomed all the way into our neighborhood, I want to pull it all the way back out and show you a slide. You may have seen this before. It's been around for a little while. This map is a picture of the world that shows points of light in places where there is a viable witness to the gospel. And so you'll notice that there are some places that are very well lit in our world today. You look at uh, the United States, places in Latin America and South America. You look at the little blip just above the Y, that's South Korea. You you look around at places in Africa, and you'll notice that there are some points of light. But when you look at that map, and you look just above the B in the map, you will notice that there is a huge area of darkness. You will see that that is exactly where the CMA is choosing to invest people and resources because those are the dark places. I'm so thrilled to be part of a movement that says we don't want to just give access to the gospel where there already is a gospel witness. We want to invest in places where it is very dark. And so my family gets to be part of that. And as an extension of the ministry of this church, we have gone out and we are investing in a very dark place. Green Mountains has a number of giants in the land. The spies, when they got back from their first report of the promised land, said there are some giants in that land. And so I want to share with you today that there are giants in the land and that we need your help. My goal this morning was to tell you a little bit about where we've been, so I've done that. I want to tell you where we're headed, and I want to stir your hearts to pray for this place called Green Mountains. I can look at you with unwavering confidence and say, God is doing big things in Green Mountains. But I can also look at you and say, we have a significant manpower issue. We're just going to be two couples on the ground there as of December. And that's not enough people to carry out the big dreams that we have. And we need your prayer. We need your support. So I want to take you to Green Mountains and show you three images today. My prayer is God will stir your hearts with these images and help you to gain a better understanding of the people and the obstacles that we face Green Mountains has a very strong Orthodox tradition. In the 3rd century, a slave girl named Nino brought Christianity to Green Mountains. And since then, over the last 1,800 years, uh, it's incredible when you think about the tradition that has been established and held on to there. I've established a relationship with an Orthodox priest named Father Alexandre. And Alexandre told me one day when I asked him, I said, What do you see are the main differences between your faith tradition and ours as evangelicals? And he told me something very interesting. He said, You, David, are different than we are. You see, we Orthodox are the trunk of a a tree that grows straight out of the ministry of Jesus. We are the trunk. And... In 1057, there was a great schism that occurred, and the church split over the authority of the Pope in Rome. The Catholics split off, and he's telling me, we Orthodox remained true, and we said no man should have authority, only God has authority, the church has authority. And so he said, in 1057, the Catholics split off from us. So I was listening, and I said, okay. Okay. He said, 500 years later, Martin Luther came along and the Reformation, and he said, you evangelicals split off of the Catholic Church. He said, so you are like a branch off of a branch. We are the trunk of the tree. That was a sobering statement from him, and we talked more about that. But you can see, reflected in his thinking, the way that these folks view with great pride the tradition and the history and the heritage. In every city and on many high places around the country, there are large churches. And I wanted to show you a picture of the wall in front of one of the churches, the main church there. It's called the Iconostasis. On that wall are many pictures of the icons, many icons that are pictures of the saints. And I remember three days after we landed in the capital city, we went on a tour to see some of the places. And I remember that day, a priest came from out behind the wall. And he had with him the the holy scriptures that they use. They're written in a a language that's very old and uh, antiquated. People, modern uh, people do not understand the language It is a highly religious language that only the priests really understand. So he came out from behind the wall and he turned his back like this and he read into a microphone and then when he was finished reading, I'll never forget the sound because it went like this. And then he walked back through the door and then the door closed. And I stood there and I thought, what a powerful image of the way that in a country with tremendous tradition and heritage, the scripture is held just at arm's length from the people. It is just out of reach. That broke my heart because we know that Jesus is the intermediary for us. We no longer rely on a priest to bring the good news of the gospel to us, to bring the word to us we know that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And more than that, in Matthew 27, we read at at the end of the time that Jesus was on the cross, he cried out again in a loud voice and he gave up his spirit. And then do you remember what happened in verse 51? At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook. The rocks split oh brothers and sisters would you pray that many people would come to know jesus as the one who split the divide between god and man and now is the intermediary christ who died more than that who was raised to life and as at the right hand of god interceding for us Would you pray that the people of Green Mountains would come to understand the work that Jesus has done on their behalf? There are many who have this tradition in their hearts, but they don't understand what Jesus has accomplished. And we are uniquely positioned as the CMA to minister in this country because we lift Jesus high and we seek to exalt him. Many there hold the church and traditions as the ultimate authority. Government, even, in this country goes beneath that. And Jesus is even lower. We seek to return Jesus to his rightful place on the throne. And when he is exalted, we believe that people will come to know and understand the work that he has done. So we seek to bring Jesus to this place. The second image that I want to show to you this morning, I jumped one too far. This is a statue that is on the main hill overlooking the capital city. The statue symbolizes the national character of the people of Green Mountains. She has in her right hand a sword, and her left hand a goblet of wine. The wine represents the warmth, the generosity, the hospitality, and the welcoming spirit of the people. We have certainly felt that as we've been there. We have felt safe and welcomed. We have felt that people have been very kind to invite us in as guests of their country. At the same time as we've gotten to know people, we've started to discover that as we challenge their ways of thinking, as we ask them to consider who Jesus is, as we act like John the Baptist and say, we need to point you to somebody greater than we are the hospitality and the warmth and the generosity starts to fade a little bit, and we start to feel the sword. We start to see a people who are fierce fighters, who have clung to this tradition in spite of many invasions from many different uh, directions. And so we are moved to understand that these people not only have this warmth, but they also have a fierce fighting mentality. And we expect to encounter more and more of the sword as we push people to think differently about who Jesus is. We believe ultimately, though, that we've brought with us a guest who stands at the door and knocks and says to them, Here I am. I am standing here and knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. We long for that warmth and hospitality to be experienced by people when Jesus comes in to their lives and eats with them. Boy, we dream of that, and we expect to encounter opposition, but we believe that these people who have been invaded so many times deserve to hear a new message from a new foreign invader like we are. We want to come in with a different message for them. The third image I want to show you is from way up north in our country. This is a beautiful region that has been largely untouched by modernity and by progress. I went there and visited with my colleague Jim, and we were amazed. It felt like we were driving right through the set of Braveheart. I mean, we were back. It was incredible. There are towers that dot the landscape of this valley. And they were set up strategically so that when the invader came to the country... The families would all run to their tower, and they would ascend the tower. We got to tour one of these as guests in this region, and we were amazed how difficult it was to climb up the four or five uh, stories that were in this tower. It was an incredible piece of defense for families. And as we saw this, we started to think to ourselves, this is a powerful image Because these people have a very clear understanding of what it means to run to a tower. And we believe that, just as it says in Proverbs 18, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. That the righteous run to it and are safe. These 11th century towers are now sadly crumbling and in ruins. They now are UNESCO World Heritage Sites. No one uses them anymore, and I'll tell you why. They are man-made And any man-made tower will not last. We fool ourselves into thinking that maybe our towers are made of money. We fool ourselves to think that if we have the right school district or the right house or the right job, maybe that's our tower that we run to for security. But those are man-made. The next generation growing up in Green Mountains is looking to all of those things for their new form of security. And we long to be people who go and we say we know a Lord who is a strong tower for you, who will not fade, who will not crumble, who will not wither. What a privilege we have to tell of this tower. The three images that I've showed you now are powerful because they represent very tangible prayer needs the iconostasis, the statue, and the tower. And we're grateful. For the way that you have stood with us in prayer for these first two years. But as you see these images, my request for you is that you would continue to pray as we move forward. At this point, this fall, we plan to launch a community center that will feature English teaching as a primary means to gain access to relationships. It makes a lot of sense to people there that we would do that. Actually, As we were making our language rounds one day, our corner shop owner said, Hey, Dato, that's what they call me, Dato, would you help my boys learn English? 14-year-old and 16-year-old boys, every Sunday I walk across our courtyard and go up to the 11th floor of the building right next to us. And I sit down with Medab and Luca, and I talk to them. I practice conversation. Many in this culture view English as an upward mobility move. It increases their job prospects, and it helps them to have hope in a very tough economy. And so we have seen the desire on the part of people to learn English, and that is a gift that God has given us growing up here in the States. What an easy way to meet a felt need to engage in dialogue, to have conversations. I mentioned Father Alexandre to you earlier. When I met with him, I said, hey, how can we help you in your mission to help people understand and know God better? And he said, you help me? No way. But would you teach my kids English? And so what an opportunity. He has 12 children, (laughs) so we're going to be busy. But what's amazing about it is that here an Orthodox priest says to an American man, come, be in my home, sit at my table, teach my kids. How, how do you get access like that? And we have seen English is a very wide open door for us to do that. I never dreamed of being an English teacher, but I tell you what, I want Father Alexandre's kids to know Jesus. So we'll do what it takes. And the cool thing about teaching English is that as I look out at this body, All of you have a gift that maybe we could put to use someday. Because my bet is that if you can understand me right now, then you could be used in teaching English in Green Mountains. And so ultimately, we long to see relationships developed. We long to see communities of faith rise out of this community center that we're going to launch this fall. There's all kinds of things that we could branch off into. Small business training, computer literacy classes, There are so many felt needs of the people, and we can answer them and at the same time introduce them to the guest that we've brought with us who's knocking at the door. What a privilege we have to be able to do that. And so I ask you, Community Alliance, would you stand with us as we move forward? There are giants in the land that we are honestly uh, anxious about. But we know that God's power is greater than the power of the enemy. And so we stand in that confidence. With the backing of churches in the U.S., we stand in confidence. And I ask you, would you join us? Not only would you pray, but would you join us? Bob showed that Great Commission envelope. Would you join us by giving? Thank you for the way that you have supported the things that we do. Would you come someday with a team of people and help us connect, build authenticity in the community, and teach English? Would you do that? Would you raise up your sons and daughters of Community Alliance to have in their hearts a dream to share Jesus with the darkest places in the world? The harvest, my friends, is plentiful, but the workers are what? They're few. We are two couples there, And we are praying that this year there will be a couple more who who join us. But we need manpower help. And so I ask you, would you raise up your sons and daughters to send them to the dark places of the earth? Teaching them that Jesus needs to be shared with every person. In doing that, you are investing in people and it is such an honor for me to be able to ask you to do that. The sacrifice is well worth it. I met earlier this week for breakfast with a family who has a young daughter who is thinking in that direction. How thrilling it is for me to sit there and say, there's reinforcements coming. Would you continue to raise up your sons and daughters for that? I've brought with me today some uh, beautiful little prayer cards and little magnets for you. And I'm going to be standing out back in just a little bit, and I would love to greet you shake your hand, and give you something to take home. Because I'll tell you this, we want to be in your kitchen, we want to be on your fridge, we want you to see and remember and pray for this little team in Green Mountains. It is a real privilege for us to be able to be with you on this journey. And we would ask you to continue in what Bob and Grace and Ray and Sid have started in coming to visit us. You may not have known what it was going to cost you when you did that, but now we got you. And we long to continue this partnership. And we appreciate you so very much. As we've gone through these past two years, there's been a psalm that has been particularly encouraging to me. In times when I feel lonely, discouraged, afraid, this psalm has really ministered to me. And so I would like to ask you to stand. And I would like to read this to you as a blessing as we close today. I want you to listen to these words. Because whether you're in Green Mountains... Or here in Western PA, these words, let them wash over you and remind you of the goodness of this God that we serve. Listen to these words from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the sea, though its waters roar and foam, And the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done Amen. He is with us. I thank you for what you have done and for the way that God is using you as we seek to bring the good news of Jesus to the people of Green Mountains. Thank you.
0: One of the reasons that we partner with international workers around the world is to, is to come alongside them and help them and be a part of the ministry. But another reason is so that we get the opportunity to hear from them and be challenged by them, just like we were this morning. So would you please, uh, as you leave, Dave's going to be right outside these doors to the left at the Information Center. He has all those uh, cards and magnets that he talked about. Speak with him for, for a moment. Please take an opportunity to do that. I, I want to tell you one thing as well that I forgot um, about our partnerships. We're going to be taking a trip. ...to the Dominican Republic, another place that we partner in February. There's information in your bulletin. There's actually a sign-up sheet back right where Dave's going to be at the information desk. Would you please, if you're interested in that trip, would you sign up? Because we want to get a team of people to partner with the missionaries there in the Dominican as well. And that's going to happen in February. And we'd like you to be a part of that. Okay, one more thing I want you to know before we leave. And that is that uh, this week we have uh, a young woman that's going to be going to boot camp... Navy boot camp. She leaves on Wednesday and she's going to come forward. Denny's going to pray with her. And I know some other folks as well are going to gather. So if you'd like to gather with Tiffany Hayek, uh, you can do that. Come down. Denny's going to pray for her. And uh, if you're not part of that group, please stop and see Dave. We're thrilled that you were here this morning. Have a great day.